0: Ten years, three boys, one question,
1: are we friends?
0: Oh, just a second, guys. Hey, Mom. No, no, I'm not doing anything. Don't worry about it. No. No, I I still haven't found a job. Oh, no, it's... Nope. Okay. Nice to hear from you too, but okay. Yeah. No, okay. Mom, yeah. mom, stop. Can you please just one? Thank you. Uh, no, stop. Can you, can you just define for me what a job is? Like, oh, go ahead. What, like, what do you think? What, what, what would be a job that I could? Oh, okay. Sure. Oh, that sounds like I'm really putting that degree to work. I. You supported it. You supported that degree. You thought it was a good idea at the time. You know what, mom? I'm sorry. I'm busy. I got I got I got another thing. All right, no, I yeah. No. I will. I'll call him. I'll call him. I'll call him. I love you too. Okay. 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 Love you too. Bye. Sorry about that, guys. Welcome to Are We Friends? I'm your co-host Taylor.
1: I'm your co-co-host Brian. And I'm
0: Jorge. And this is the show where three boys who have known each other for 10 years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends anymore or if it's just inertia. This week, we're uh, talking about a secret interest of mine, or an interest that I've had for a long time but have only just shared with the boys. Is it talking to your mother? No, but there might be an episode on that sometime. <laughs> I,
1: oh boy.
0: I love you, mom. <laughs> so what is, what, is, what is the topic? No, today we are talking about a book written by Tom Hodgkinson's called
2: How to Be Idle. A Loafer's Manifesto. Is it Tom Hodgkinson or Tom Hodgkinson or Tom Hodgkinsons?
0: Jorge, I know that you think you pronounce those differently all three times, but on the last one, you just put an S and the first two are indistinguishable. Okay.
2: okay. Okay. Hodgkinsons. Hodgkinson. Hodgkinson's.
0: Uh, well, there is no S on the end, You're seeing that I'm looking at the title and there is no S on the end. So let's just go with Hodgkinson, because that's the way that he pronounced it. So there is
2: an S in the middle. It. There is a what? There's
1: one S in the middle. Cool. Hod- son of Hodgkin. Hodgkin. That's
0: what son. It is.
2: Hodgkinson.
1: That's where Hod- all those come from, by the way. It's son of so-and-so. That's what it is. They're called <laughs>
2: patronyms. So who, so who is Hodgkin?
1: I, it's his
0: dad. I don't know. What Some to <laughs> fucking sheep fucker. 200, 300, 400, wow, 500 years ago. That's
1: very aggressive to claim for them.
0: <laughs> there was a, there was a sketch that crack.com did years ago about things that must have happened. It was the inventions of last names. And it's just the whole group. Like, all right, we call this meeting to order here. Cause clearly something has got to change. We're all getting mixed up. Cause, Peter did not sleep with Peter, like Tom's wife. Like I'll fucking kill you. No, not him. Not Peter. The other one. Yeah, the no, other one. This is this is the issue. This is the issue right now. <laughs> and so like they develop last names. Like I don't know. What about what about jobs? And one guy goes, "Well, I shovel shit. What, what will my what will my <laughs> name be?" And someone goes, uh, Schmitt. Oh. What about what about Turd Hurdler? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're John Turd Hurdler. <laughs> End of sketch. <laughs> it, was, it was very good. It was fucking great.
1: Oh my god. Uh, but <laughs>
2: yes, tell tell us about about this. Okay, bo- so uh, where did you
1: come across this tome? That's like, actually a
0: story in itself. It's so tome, I'll I'll tell yeah. you the story of how I found this book, and then we'll go through a little bit of like what it's about. <clears throat> I was it was the same trip, and I kid you not, the same trip where I bought my VHS player at the goodwill i was also just browsing around seeing if they had any books that i would need to read and the goodwill shelf because they're always like 50 cents and this one caught my eye Mm -hmm. and i flipped to a random section of it and i started reading and like what yes (laughs) yes i do want to read this and buy it for 50 cents so i i did i bought it that day the same day that i bought my vhs and my first my vcr and my first vhs tapes um, and I've been reading it ever since. Every once in a while, like I'll just randomly read a section here and there, wherever I'm feeling down or blue, because it he's got a way of making you feel okay with whatever you
2: want to be doing right now.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yes, he does. Yeah, and so, we will get into that on uh, one of these chapters. So but... I, yeah,
2: I've... yeah, a lot, a lot of this was like a book on how to be Taylor Jerome Yeah, and that's
0: <laughs> that's what it was because I remember reading it to the person uh, I was with. I was hanging out with a friend of mine uh, named Cora that night, and we watched a couple of the VHS tapes, and we made dinner and had. Gimlets and I read a section of it, and she's like, Did you write that? Like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is another person whose hand is being reached across the years and through print and grabbing mine and saying, Quick, the bar's almost closed. Let's go. You know, <laughs> he, say, he says across
2: the years, it's, it's being in the mid 2000s, early, right?
0: early 2000s, like uh, just after 2000, uh, 2005, so 15 years ago. Oh. So, explain to me how
2: 2005 is not mid but early 2000s.
0: That
1: that's literally mid two thousands.
2: Oh no no no! You the you don't middle understand. Of the nineties
0: the lasted until two thousand and three. So two thousand and five <laughs> is really only the first two years of the mid two thousands. Oh,
2: not many people but, know this, but when they say mid anything, they actually mean traditional late that.
0: Yeah, that they really do. Like whenever it goes because like oh, it's what was that mid eighties movie that I really liked? Uh, the sequel to Back to the Future? No, Back to the Future three. Like that was nineteen eighty eight. That was the end of the eighties. <laughs> that was.
2: Okay, so I, I actually want to start off. Yeah, go for it, man. Really? With this book. Yeah. Well, I took I actually took mad notes because this is also as it, it is as if I read this when I was a teenager and it, it mandated the way that I am about drinking and partying. Aha. Uh-huh. But before we get into all that, I want to start with some of the bad stuff.
0: Before so I'm okay. just, I'm just, Before we start with the critique, and I yeah. want you to start, I just want to let everyone know what this book is about really yes, quick that's fair um it is a diatribe a weirdly well-researched diatribe claiming that it is okay to be lazy and having a job sucks
1: it, i mean yeah it's basically it is basically a a slacker's manifesto like there's a lot of advice and technique on a way oh he says loafers manifesto. Um, it is about, the title like, of the he, book yes he goes through the day dealing with like how what you're doing already is fucking stupid and dumb, and you should do this fun, lazy version of what you're doing.
0: Yeah, the, the contents are 8 a.m., waking up is hard to do, through all the way back to 7 a.m., a waking dream. And there's things like smoking, first drink of the day, fishing, the riot, sex and idleness, and every hour has, is its own chapter.
2: Yes, and I, I want to get into all that. I just want to get this out of Go the way it. so that I can focus on the fun yep. stuff. Uh, which is, so it is about how to just relax and have fun instead of worrying so much about work. Yes. So as you can guess, the entire book reeks horribly of white male privilege. There's a bunch of sexism in it. He sounds like an old school fancy pants asshole. It's potentially dangerous (laughs) to anyone who has drinking problems. He, he doesn't like dogs also, and it's definitely classist. So that's I just want to I just want to rail all those off real fast. I would just so you know <laughs> that those are on my mind heavily the whole time. But now that we have that, I don't wanna I don't wanna dwell on that. I wanna focus on, on the fun you parts are of it, but I just need to, right. to put all that. All of out.
0: those things are absolutely valid critiques except for the classism, because I feel like he is ex- he hates businessmen and he likes poor
2: people. <laughs> he claims that, but the only way that you can live the lifestyle he's saying is if you already have money.
0: That is valid, but I don't think he's aware of it. <laughs> he's also, he's, yeah, I, he's, no, I would he's put that ignorance it. no. more than ignorance, being like, Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Incidental yeah. classism, but certainly not malicious classism. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, sure. It's, a, it's
2: the same, same thing with privilege. You know, he's not being purposefully privileged. Oh, he's just not
0: recognizing it. Yeah, he's just not he's, recognizing he's, 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 it. He's, yeah, he's ignorant he has no idea that, that's the thing. Yeah. No, all those things are yeah. absolutely
2: valid. Now, let's talk about how great <laughs> this book is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I read everything you told me to and more, so... Take it away.
0: Well, um, let's start. Do you guys read the first chapter? Yes. Yeah. So the first chapter, you told me to, like I said you earlier, is it's called Waking Up is Hard to Do. And it begins with a little epigram, uh, an epigram that I have said so many times over shots that I'm excited for you guys to finally know where it comes from. And the epigram is a Gothold Ephraim Lessing couplet called Let Us Be Lazy in Everything, Except in Loving and Drinking except in being lazy so yeah we should yeah, absolutely work as hard as we can to be lazy as hell
2: so this is a, he already starts off the entire book even though most of the sections are about random other things he heavily talks about drinking pretty much in all oh of yeah it. uh yes and it, it's not just drinking but like staying up and having fun with everybody yeah so he has a quote from Dr. Johnson, who I believe is the one who wrote the set of articles that the magazine that he publishes is originally based on. That is absolutely correct. correct. Uh, Tom Mm -hmm. Hodgkinson's magazine is called The Idler. Yes. And The Idler was originally a set of articles written by this Dr. Johnson. I do not know his first name. I can only assume it's Dr.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, it's either Dick or Rod or just Dr. There's no, it's either a penis joke or there is no name.
2: Yeah. And the the uh, quote is just- I, I don't Johnson.
1: believe you.
2: <laughs> so it's just whoever thinks of going to bed before 12 o'clock is a scoundrel. Yep.
1: That's just and not... That... Wait. Well, th- <laughs> I can't... I vehemently disagree.
2: <laughs> I, um... No, I think I agree. And I think I might never go to bed before 12 o'clock again. I... D- <laughs> 12, midnight is the right bedtime minimum, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh,
0: so many times in this book... it like with the drinking and the staying up late, like everything that you were told growing up uh, that aligns with a, like a capitalist, hardworking American Protestant ethic ideology is like, oh, that shit's bullshit and we all know that we hate it. Can we just take the other side for once and say all the things that we want to be doing are great? Like staying up late, talking with our friends, drinking, smoking, whatever the fuck we want to be doing.
1: Yeah, he he, he yeah. Gets very, he's very quick to point out There's a level of it that I thought was going to be, like, I'm going to be kind of the cool guy about this and say, like, yeah, stay up late. Fuck the rules of the system, blah, blah, blah. But, like, thankfully he takes more into that, especially with, actually, with sleeping in. He, He doesn't just do, it's so cool to sleep in and say, fuck my alarm. Like, his argument against alarms I enjoyed because... I sympathize with it greatly as someone who has to wake up at 3.30 in the morning every day.
0: Yeah, and like it's, it's a polemical book. Like He's trying to argue. Okay, guy. Yeah, he's trying to argue <laughs> for, like, no, no, no. Laziness is an unpopular thing to defend, and there is a defense for it. This is the yeah. defense I am making. So he is making targeted attacks and leaving certain things out of his arguments on purpose because this book is supposed
2: to convince you, if not semi-satirically, that this is the way to live life. One, I spent a good portion of my reading time trying to figure out if he was being completely satirical or not, but I've decided that no, No, he's serious serious and just an asshole because he talks like an old school bohemian, but again, he's a modern day British man. Uh, number two, I don't know what polemical means, so go fuck. Uh, polemical that's why I said, is hey, like guy, a
1: because <laughs> yeah, sorry.
0: Polemical works are just like works that rage against something. Like they're tri- like this sucks. This those is are the t- those are
1: the cats that can and do stuff, right? They jump around in the oh that's sorry that's jellical, oh. not polemical. Oh my god, <laughs> no, polemical so, so, can and so, so, kill. So what are
0: jellical works? Oh, <laughs> uh, so gelical polemical, endemical <laughs> works are works that are like uh, someone will publish something. Or there will be an idea in the culture and someone will rally, will rage against it and try to prove that it's dumb, that this is the way things are, or this religion is bad only because they said my religion is bad. Like, polemicals were very popular in the Reformation. Like, some Catholic would write something and some Protestant would write something back and some Catholic would write something in response to the thing the
2: Protestant wrote that the Catholic wrote in the first place. And you know, well, that's a dumb name for them. It should be a cooler word.
0: Uh, <laughs> it, it,
1: etymologically, it works.
0: It, you know, it's war. <laughs> I,
1: I, I was just gonna say, so, so like, YouTube essays and responses are polemics. Are polemic? Okay, good. Good to know. Now, now I can feel more like enlightened, and you know. Scholastic. When I watch those videos and go, "Ooh, this drama is so juicy!" Yeah, every time, <laughs> every time that someone watches, <laughs>
0: every time someone watches a pundit on TV, they're listening to a polemical speech because that person is oh, trying. See, that to- Kind sp- of brought it
1: back down now because I don't like that. I, I'm sorry, but yeah, we do we
0: do engage <laughs> with this right. form a lot. They're just not written and researched much <laughs> anymore. That's, yeah, that's
1: why I will take a YouTube essay over that is because usually you can go in the description and it says here's all the things that I referenced in this stupid thing about why this other 26 year old sitting in his basement with a nice microphone is wrong. And I'm like, okay.
2: Yeah. And so, uh, bottom line, I'm giving, I'm giving a thumbs down to the term polemical. Sounds good.
0: Well, that's yes. all right, buddy. Yeah, that's you versus the language, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've won before. I- <laughs> So, Horry, like, what else did you... You you laid out all the bad stuff. Like, what do you want to talk about in particular? Like, I started with this first section. Well, let's start with that first section, right? Um, Waking up is hard to do. He just talks about, like, like Brian was great saying. Place to start. Yeah, great place to start. Uh, Alarm clocks are an evil thing, and they suck. And we all have terrible memories of our mothers coming into our bedroom saying, like, do you have any idea what fucking time it is today? And you doing that mental calculus of, okay... If I stay in bed for seven more minutes, I will still have time to shower, eat the toast and drink the coffee if I do it in the car and
2: get to work or school on time. Yeah. So he actually taps into like a lot of my philosophy on things just through a completely different assholey way. Uh, (laughs) I think you can get to the same point through psychology, true productivity and Buddhism
0: he does mention Buddhism yeah. and on the asshole part, I think he is a bit of a prick, but I think he's also just English. Like, I think he's just a well-educated yeah. Englishman, which might be cutting hairs here, splitting for, hairs here. I was
1: going right to say, for, for, I don't know. For, for don't Americans, know. Just... those are the same words. Like, that's <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> I never really got over the Revolutionary War thing. What can I say? Fucking lobster bass, so, dude. Yeah. I mean, so the, the big, the big thing that he's getting at is that, you one you're not going to be more productive just by forcing yourself to wake up early and hating yourself because you struggle with waking up every day yeah. and you have to stick to this rigid schedule that other people set out for you i do agree if you're a little bit more honest with what's going to work for you you can set up like you do most of your work of the day in like several small very focused sessions yeah you can't actually yes. work just a full 8 hours straight normally so there's that part of it and then the the second part is just not hating yourself for not doing something correctly, right? Yeah. So yeah. all society tells us that we need to wake up as early as possible, and just the idea of saying like, "Hey, just there's no reason to sit there hating yourself day after day because you didn't do things the way people asked you to." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to force you to, even though it doesn't really matter. At all. And a that, lot of that—that yeah,
1: that makes
0: sense under the guise of saying it's okay to be lazy. A lot of it is like it's okay to understand how you work and to operate according to that like it's a, it there are other options apart from the yeah. party line
2: here. Yeah, but he usually doesn't describe things like that. He's describing it as like dude, being a cool bohemian is awesome. Yeah. Isn't it
1: Yeah, isn't it cool to be a cool bohemian guy? Yeah, he he like,
2: quotes
0: yeah. uh Lin Yutang, who is a Chinese American philosopher in the 30s a lot and he quotes Oscar Wilde a whole bunch uh, yes. and also Robert Robert Burns, I think are his big
2: 3. And uh Walt Whitman. And Walt Whitman, like
0: famous people who would kind of mosey through life and were talented but also produced a ton of stuff during their life and lived hedonistically and productively at the same time by marching to the beat of their own drummer to bring in emerson
1: i think it was whitman. Thoreau. sorry i, that's I don't Thoreau. remember the poet uh in in this chapter he talks about the guy who would come in purposely it's walt whitman he, It is Walt Whitman. Yeah, he he actually does what you were describing, Jorge. He talks about working effectively in a couple of, like, hour and a half, two-hour chunks. Because he's like, Walt Whitman would come in at 10 o'clock, even though he's supposed to be there at 8. Then he would fucking work for a little bit, take a two-hour lunch, fucking dip back in for a little bit, and it was time to hit the town. And he's like, and it worked. And Walt Whitman's fucking Walt Whitman. Like, it ended up actually being effective.
2: So what what was Walt Whitman's life like though? You know, did I no, <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna get into it. Probably, the point is it's yes, not doing that kind of behavior crazy. can elicit better results sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, none of this is to say that if you are the kind of person who does wake up sunshine and early and likes to get a nice run in before they go to work and that's how you work Yeah, that's excellent like keep doing that yeah exactly but also there's other ways like you don't if you are not that person you don't have to look at that person and go god i'm such a fat sack of shit for not being able to get up (laughs) at the crack ass of dawn run 10 miles and read the newspaper before i even think about showering to go to work because that's still seven o'clock in the morning when i'm done with all of it
2: but to be clear he's not touting do things your own way he is saying people who wake up early and go to work are schmucks oh, yeah.
1: he, ac- he literally says that yeah he says yeah. he says he basically is like tyler durden-esque when he's on that bus talking about the the uh abercrombie ad where he sees the guy and he's Like, is that what a man looks like because he's like look on the go on the subway any subway of new york london tokyo whatever look at it at like seven or eight in the morning look at these fucking schmucks Look at these stupid idiots with their tired faces and their sunken eyes and their bullshit haircuts. And he's like, they suck. You know when the dick swingers come in? 10 a.m. or later. And I'm like, that's not true, though. Like,
0: Yeah, (laughs) uh, Tyler Durden is absolutely the poisonous way of thinking about this, whereas this guy is just, like, the prickish way of thinking of it, like the fancy pantser. Right.
2: Yeah. So there's actually he has a he puts down a Walt Whitman quote at the end of the the section the ramble which is not like rambling speech but just like walking around yeah walking around taking aimlessly. a nice little stroll
0: yeah.
2: I don't I don't want to read the whole thing because it's it's a block but uh I mean, it's pretty short I'd be done already by the time I'm finishing speaking now and yet likely.
1: nevertheless read the whole yet,
2: thing buddy. Uh, All right. So. <laughs> How I do love a loafer of all human beings, none equals your genuine inbred unvarying loafer. Now when I say loafer, I mean loafer, not a fellow who is lazy by fits and starts, who today will work his 12 or 14 hours and tomorrow doze and idle. I stand up for no such halfway business. Give me your calm, steady, philosophic son of indolence. He belongs to that ancient and honorable fraternity whom I venerate above all your upstarts, your dandies, and your political oracles
0: that that kind of encapsulates the feeling of this book really well.
2: Yeah, that's that's why I marked I marked that down specifically because that is the idea of the loafer, right? And it's it is kind of upsetting that cuz the way I've always lived is like I work really hard when it's time to work and then I and then I fucking do nothing and I'm awesome at staying up late and shirking responsibility. Well, not shirking responsibility, that's the whole thing. I don't shirk responsibilities. Yeah. I hang out, and I have fun, and it's okay cuz I already did everything. But they're saying That's not far enough, buddy. You got to not do shit. (laughs) No, And so I I was a similar way, especially
0: in in grad school and whenever I have to work, uh, because I'm obviously not working right now, uh, that, no, I do an incredible amount of work and I can, I am the kind of person that if I'm on my own schedule, I will work eight to 10 hours straight and then I will do whatever I want afterward. Like I'll have fits, yep. and like it'll be good work, it'll be meticulous, it'll be detail oriented. I'll try to like encapsulate my big ideas or whatever, and then I still want to fucking party on the weekends. Like I still yeah. want to have fun. Like I was always, I was so glad there were like two other people in my grad school cohort who were always down to grab a beer, and we were the best students because we like didn't <laughs> fucking kill ourselves about this shit.
2: Well, that's the thing is, like, lately I've been figuring out how to party every day. Not, you know, not get completely blackout <laughs> drunk or anything, but, like, to have fun and stay up late. And I've, I've found that I think I can get in a six-hour workday the same amount that I can get done in an eight-hour workday. Really. Because when you have, like, when you have to come in mm-hmm. and it's nine to five, that's you start awesome. ambling around, you talk to your coworkers, you do whatever. When I'm coming in only to work, so but even before this whole quarantine thing started and then I, was, I was freelancing – uh, I was going into an office, and I would just go into work. And when I was done working at top, I'd be like, "Oh, you know what? This is slowing down. I'm I'm gonna head out of here and be about six hour work days, getting the same amount of work done, more probably. Yeah, because I'm focused. I'm focused <laughs> on what I'm doing, and then I'm having as much fun as I want. It's a good life, man.
1: It does seem like it, and it see. I I feel like that's what he's going for in this, but
2: yeah. But he also I feel like doesn't actually have to work. Both of his parents are successful. I I I forget what they do. I was also
1: going to say, like, he's, at least in this regard, he's a magazine writer. Like, he's, or an
2: editor of magazines. So... For a magazine he made.
1: It's not like he's, you know, some guy who has to go into the coal mines to make sure everyone has heat for, you know, their hearth. It's, he's doing a job that's very academic and intellectual so i i'm not surprised that he's saying this but and i'm sure you could apply it to other jobs but it's it's just such an enormous task that i it feels very like huh why don't those people who are struggling just stop and it's like that's not that's not why they're struggling it's not they're well, not okay. choosing to be fucking you know like this it's the system that's the problem so and
0: I'm i thinking. think that's unfair I, I think you're he is he rails against the system like the system yes. of moralized capitalism is the worst. i I, I don't think he oh. it's not like that schmuck who can't get it together and have time to be lazy is the problem. No, it's like we live in a society that doesn't allow for this kind of laziness and it would be yes. great if it did
1: I, I I do agree there that he does recognize that the framework is the problem in these. it's not. um if we could jump to another one because this it's a solid tradition. He has a similar thing with actually drinking, because Mm -hmm. um, his whole chapter on drinking is very interesting. Uh, Which uh, are you talking about? First drink uh, of the day. The first drink of the The day. The first drink of the Um, day. Six p.m. Yeah. First of all, which is a great time. But he has like he actually talks about how the structure of, especially American, like modern American capitalism, influenced what the drink was because of the whole influence of cocktails and things basically saying like americans work so hard and so much that the only type of thing that relaxes for them is a fucking hard cocktail like the martini is like the emblematic drink of the 50s and 60s yeah. and the the cocktail hour i've got the so he's line like, here
0: the he's cocktail jesus yeah the cocktail is really a corollary of the hard work culture extreme toil needs an extreme drink to counteract the misery in a life where work and play are more closely mingled uh, the true idol life then a gentle brew is perhaps all that is required
2: yeah yeah and that's towards the end where he starts getting into which type of alcohol after he's already done his entire diatribe on the fact that we need alcohol which he says i think it's the last line in that section he says i suppose if we were really happy there would be no need to drink at all but a life without booze seems to me to be a pretty miserable prospect yeah Yeah, just just (laughs) like dude you're an alcoholic that's like
1: that that this this was the chapter where i I definitely saw the Jorge point about like alcoholics. This one was very like you you know people can't handle their alcohol, right, but like I know you're targeting of like yeah have a fun drink and be cool with it, but like this dialogue is very like it's you have to drink to be happy in this guy's like frame of mind <laughs>
2: like it's, which is. Come on, he's somehow not treating it the fun way that he's touting yeah, it. He's like, treating it like something that we need. I know, again, I think uh, this I, is I, the, 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 the polemical
0: part kind of getting in the way of how fun-loving I, I think this guy thinks he is and is in real life. Yeah. That at least, like, no, 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 I'm here to prove a fucking point that not being lazy is bullshit. And I'm going to weirdly work as hard as I can to show you that being lazy is dope.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's... He's actually super fun to hang out with, and you can stay up all night talking to him and things like that. The I, I prefer the way he talks earlier on in the section about like how nice it is to have a drink at the end of the day. He specifically says that he prefers to be on an empty stomach yep. when you have that first drink so that you feel it immediately. That's uh,
0: that's I've been quoting that line for years.
2: Yeah, I have the um, <laughs> the quote here that. To me, it's like really the point of the whole first drink of the day. And it's in regards to the first drink of the day. It says, it marks the end of the working day when you put worldly cares to one side and embrace good cheer and company. It is when the soul opens and we are seized by the need to chat. We are liberated after spending the day either living in the past, regrets, reports, or in the future, anxieties, PowerPoint presentations. The first drink of the day brings us into the present moment. We become Buddhists. Yeah. And this is where he clearly (laughs) realizes that he's taking a lot of the good ideas from Buddhism. Yeah. that that are, are, uh, I think, a shortcut to becoming very happy regardless of what's going on in your life, but he's just abusing it to continue to validate his alcohol.
1: He really does mix that Buddhism and, like, essentially bohemian hedonism, like, bohemianism. But, like, he he kind of goes, like, yeah, it would be great to do all these nothing things, you know, uh, to have, like, this sort of nothingness, this serenity of, you know, things with this Buddhist philosophy. And then, but what if we filled all of that nothingness with absinthe and hard drugs <laughs> and fucking and it's like well we could but that's gonna turn people into maniacs well, uh, and and but like, it's also like i don't it's think the, it will
0: it's not the hard drugs and fucking it's like no no no. like it's okay to just have sex like whenever you want like if, if you yeah. find people who are okay with the situation like don't feel shamed for not like being the greatest at sex and don't yes. feel shamed for being into what you're into so long as you have everyone i remember jorge when you were becoming a buddhist uh when you first started to meditate you were talking about like yeah buddhism is solving a lot of my problems but i wonder if there's like a dark buddhism that i could get Whoa. into <laughs> what do you
2: mean? there's well so the, the one the one place where i crash with buddhism is that i want to keep being hedonistic, basically, yes. and being able to booze up and enjoy it. So, the way that my loophole that I found is there's the 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 concept of the bodhisattva, which are people who could attain pure enlightenment, but instead stay on Earth to help other people cross over. And so they do <laughs> some of the bad stuff that <laughs> they're not supposed to. To make that's sure. What I, that's that's yeah. what I say. No, a, I'm here for y'all. A, I would I would obviously it's a very have moved on liberal by now.
0: reading of bodhisattva. <laughs>
1: I, I like that because it's basically like the guy who wants to like has enough is definitely smart enough and has enough credits or almost has enough credits to graduate from college, but keeps failing the classes <laughs> out so that he never can leave.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like that. You no, know, and you know I don't I wouldn't say I'm taking that many liberties because Hodgkinson <laughs> he he does it during the Hangover section quotes Shunryu Suzuki, who is the father of Western Zen Buddhism. Basically wow. on on the hangover, and I'm almost for sure that, that he was not <laughs> talking about hangovers yeah. during that quote. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I, I I thought you'd pick up on some of his dabblings of Eastern philosophy and like you know
2: this is out of context right like this he sounds pretty well it's it's just funny because the uh it's a lot of like the same type of jokes that I'll make about Buddhism mm-hmm. he just means them he's yeah serious he's saying about them yeah.
1: unironically yeah like he's not
2: <laughs> I do feel it's
0: not necessarily satire but I know that there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek in this as well
1: yeah it's mm-hmm. a funny it's meant to be a funny book on some level but
2: yeah, so we we are dropping a lot of the humor. Like during this, this first drink of the day section, he has a his a quote from Ernest Hemingway's journal, uh, and it just says, "Got tight last night on absinthe. Did knife tricks." Yeah, that's amazing, <laughs> that's incredible,
1: so absolutely incredible. Um, it's also I love, I love. such an uh, such a Hemingway quote. Like if you want to be like, "Hey, how does Ernest Hemingway write?" and it's just that sentence will give you it. Like everything you need. Speaking of, uh, like, quotes from famous people that are absolutely
0: hilarious, he has a section called Sex and Idleness, which I also asked you guys to read. I read it because you asked me to. Yes. A set of diary entries from an unnamed famous person uh, talking about how a lot of people had a lot of shame about how much they wanted to fucking masturbate. And it's March 15th. God has delivered me from the greatest offense and the constant murder of all my thoughts. March 21st, undisturbed by my great enemy. June 7th, but this long moral death, this failure of all attempts to cure. I think I have never been so bad as this last week. June 17th, after a sleepless night, physically and morally ill and broken down, a slave, glad to leave Athens. I have no wish on earth but to sleep. The next day. I had no wish, no enemy. I longed but for sleep. My enemy is too strong for me. Everything has been tried. All is in vain. Keeps going. My enemy let me go and I was free. Next day. Here too I was free. <laughs> the next day. A few days later. Four long days of absolute slavery. <laughs> June 30th. I cannot write a letter. Can do nothing. <laughs> July. I <can> do nothing. <laughs> I lay in bed and called on God to save me. And then he ends, uh, this is Tom Hodgkinson now, you may be surprised to learn that this owner of this towering libido was none other than Florence Nightingale. (laughs) (laughs) And he he loves doing that kind of shit. (laughs) People admitting how much they love to enjoy themselves.
1: Yeah, like...
2: Yeah, so lots of humor in there. Um, So out of all the sections we read... Which do you, do y'all have a, a, a favorite a particular one you'd like to to highlight? Well,
1: what I was going to say was I was amazed you weren't talking more about the middle section of the first drink of the day because the middle section is all about like there's the stuff we talked about with like the 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 culture cocktail, you know, like how the how yeah. the culture en- enables the first drink of the day and says what it is and how it is and the beginning talking about the moderation actually like the benefits of drinking at that time. And the middle is just straight up, you know what's fucking dope? Absinthe.
2: And that's yep. it. Like That's just... true. I do love absinthe, but I mean I also I've only had shitty American absinthe. That's the thing. I haven't had the real juice. The stuff that makes people do knife tricks. We haven't had that, no.
1: He
0: also he alludes yeah. to it several times that he and a couple of friends started an import business so they could get absinthe from mainland Europe into yeah. england in 1999
2: <laughs> yeah i was surprised to see that he actually had started that business that's like a real thing he became an importer oh of absinthe. She-
0: yeah yeah he uh, i mean again this is all about his mission right like he is a lazy dude and he still gets a ton done he runs a magazine has written several books and owns an importation business for absinthe but it's Jeez, all in Liz. service to being lazy and
2: shitty you know yeah, but it's, uh, not everybody can do that re- regardless. There's there's another thing that he doesn't talk about it during the first drink of the day section. He talks about it in his ones about doing ecstasy and dancing all night. But oh, see, I missed something... that one. <laughs> there's a different one. Uh, <laughs> he talks about something called the 3 a.m. eternal. And the, the general idea is like at 2 a.m., you still wish you had gone to bed earlier. And at 4 a.m., it is actually getting late enough to where you're, you've done the whole night. You want to go to bed. Yes. But at 3 a.m., you can live there forever. That's like after you've you've given up like all of your worries from 2 a.m. and you're ready to fully give yourself to the night, uh, and you <laughs> haven't been up too long yet either.
0: No, and I 100% agree with him on that. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, Taylor
2: and I were talking last night, and we literally stopped around 2 a.m. And I was like, "Man, I do kind of wish I had gone to bed earlier." Yeah. I just need to make it to 3 a.m. and then I'll be okay. No, and I do. you'll be good till 4 a.m. and then you'll go, it's time to go to bed. It'll be. But then it will be time to go to bed and I won't have any regrets or wishes. It'll
0: be a very, it's a a scene that's always threatening to happen. Everyone else has gone to bed. Jorge and I are listening to 80s and 70s rock and pop hits in several languages. And we just, yeah, we're going to, we're going to stay up all night. We're going to stay up drinking and talking and joking and smoking and joking all goddamn night.
1: Dude that scene as someone who I don't normally get to that level, I'll either go to bed or I'll be blacked out or I will, whatever. But there's times where I do get there with you guys. And usually it's just, it's us three and I'm like virtually catatonic. Like I can, all my senses work, but I've decided to shut down half of them. uh, Like just to make sure my battery can keep running. And that uh, you're free. I don't know what it is. It, it always feels like I'm watching like a fun David Lynch film because it's just this it's it's always this picture in either an apartment or a living room where it's just a per- one of you, usually Taylor, but could be both of you, uh one of you standing up holding nothing or either a drink and treating it like a microphone and just singing something indefinitely not English at that point cuz both of you can do it at this point um just like singing a kind of like a nice song like vaguely swaying and the other person is usually just sitting erect with no back to the chair that they are on <laughs> and just watching with this like with this strange intensity because they know they want to be there too or they are like traveling to that and i'm like in the back like laying down like my neck is the only thing facing towards you everything's just like wanting to lay down and i'm just like
2: where the fuck am
1: I? <laughs> like, like, it feels very surreal. It feels very surreal at 3 a.m. hanging out with people.
2: Yeah, so I mean, that's that's when it's the the Taylor and Jorge Power Hour. You know, when yes. we just do our watching music video <laughs> thing. But there are, there are other times where every I mean, we we had to develop that technique as how to have, for us continue having fun when it's only the two of us, right? Yeah, yes. But normally, like what I would prefer, and what we was easier to get in the past when people were less responsible with their bodies is like the what what he gets into with the section the uh the art of conversation um which is the idea okay. that everybody can be up and we can all have be having very good conversation late late into the night um
0: intense and sharing new ideas are being developed we're all learning stuff like it's all enjoyable at the same time and those inhibitions have so
2: far left the station they're across state lines <laughs> and that's that's where he, he does one of uh, the quotes that I like the most out of all of this, which is uh, the first to go to bed is a coward and whoever falls down drunk is the king. <laughs> that... <laughs> There's a... I, I do love that idea of like being able to st- everybody stays up. Inhibitions are gone and you're all just having an amazing conversation, having a very good time doing it and sharing ideas and actually listening to each other. Uh, Not that that always happens when people start getting too drunk. You know, I understand that. I'm aware. I'm aware. That's my
1: problem is I actually do agree that that happens and can happen. And my problem is I'm either talking with people who are too drunk to do that or I'm too drunk to listen. So, like, Taylor will be, like, waxing poetic on some, like, 16th century writer talking about they've been saying, you know, this – Philosophy and this ideology since then, and it's because you know it's had waves of movements and change and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, uh huh, because I know how to like fake the, the like listener. <laughs> but I'm honestly, it's not even faking. I'm trying to keep up, and it's just like words aren't registering on the disk. Like nothing, not everything's being saved as the autosave goes on. So I'm like, wait, he definitely said something about Bertrand Russell, but I don't know how that actually. I don't know how that relates to Shakespeare. What the fuck is he talking about now? I'm Now I'm lost because I'm talking to myself about this. And it's like, fuck me. This is terrible.
2: You can usually, if you need to make up fake chit-chat during those times, you can usually just go like, oh, yes, that's, that's very Kantian. Yeah. I know. Oh Absolutely. Gosh, very yeah. Kantian. He's Kantian. the first philosopher that came to mind and just said it.
0: Because, <laughs> you know, either. Who can he be used as an adjective? Yeah. A platonic. Uh, Aristotelian. A uh
2: i always forget about platonic
0: yeah oh there's a how bunch mad is that.
1: plato by the way that that's what it came into him,
0: like. yeah that's a meme that i love it's just like <laughs> platonic what, what do you mean he's your platonic friends oh it means that we there's no sex or anything we're just you know we just like one another's company and plato goes oh that's a fucking bummer what that's what yeah, my like- name means because <laughs> you know, socrates I just is imagined- fucking
1: everybody <laughs> I just imagine him in an office and just like hearing that and then being like, cool, that's great, excellent. Excellent, and he walks away, and there's just like a plant on a cubicle, and he just smacks it off and smashes it into the wall.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised it's not like, oh, we're not platonic friends, we're Socratic. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah, me and Alcibiades over here.
1: Hell yeah. (laughs)
0: The
1: only only way that works is if you have, you say we're Socratic friends, and you look over and the other person just has their belly out, putting their finger in their belly button, just going like, hey, as a guy. We're using
2: the the Socratic method every now. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs)
0: We're gonna find something new through Ooh. this dialectic, I'll tell don't you like what. This now.
2: <laughs> I'll Aristotle you what. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll Aristotle all the time. Oh, God. oh wait, it was Arist Aristotle Arist- Arist- yeah. Aristotelian. You no, know skip me. Skip me. <laughs> Aristotelian. It's fine. I was saying Arist yeah, just keep going. I'm I'm uh, good. I, I'm good. I, dude you, it's you, a wrap over here. You don't understand you wanna... how
1: much I wanna keep the spotlight <laughs> on you, Travis.
2: Arist aristocratic, aristocratic.
1: Yes, aristocratic. Yes,
2: that's not what I was trying to say before, but I'll take it. Hey, you know, sure. it is a adjective. <laughs> <laughs> Aristotic.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess, I guess,
2: <laughs> what else, guys? Um, I know there's a the couple conversation sections. one
1: I didn't read, so it, it's, yeah. So well, in uh, terms of I, the I bulk, guess
2: I want to, I want to get y'all's opinion. All right, so we all agree that it is problematic, but and that it is fun to follow these things. Yeah. But what do you actually think about this this view on life? Is it does it at all change how you might approach these types of situations in the future? Because I, for one, when I when he brings some of these things up and I look back at my entire life, I have no regrets. I'm like I took. This book doesn't make this book makes me feel great. I did yeah, all like, of these things. I missed out on no situation. <laughs> for Jorge, this book is a
1: series of high fives, just going, <laughs> You fucking nailed it, dude. You fucking nailed it. Yeah. Work's already completed, quest already completed. You got it, dude. It,
2: it was literally like, did I read this book as a teenager and completely for black it out afterwards? <laughs> Have I been reading this book every time I black out?
0: <laughs> for me, on a more serious note, um I know that there had I lived a little bit more like this with the actual kind of substance behind it, like, no, 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 no. You're not just trying to get blackout drunk because you're guilty for not doing enough work. So you're going to wake up early the next day and you're still going to be miserable. Like those times were bad. Like the way I live my life more or less now is no, like I can drink, uh, I can party. I love my friends and I can have a good time and have a very full life. And I do have a very full life. And a lot of it is, you know, through, through having a good time. Like I, I value having a good time very much, but I also have, like I do, I've always had an incredible work ethic. And especially when I'm being honest with myself about how that ethic comes about, what sorts of things am I going to be good at? What sorts of things am I not going to beat myself up at and revisit later? I would be much more, I would be much happier. Um, Like I, I, I had, I kind of gotten this balance earlier, but that's part of like, you know, developing and growing and being an adult and all that um
2: but no i yeah well it's like the the buddhism is what helped me make major career decisions to get off of like let me try to be as successful as possible okay and switch over to let me find something that's going to make me happier where i don't have to work as hard and this this helped validate that the the vice part of that because that was my only leftover <laughs> problem and now now i'm all good to go dude i'm i'm he makes me feel like I'm living the life yeah, right now. Yeah, and I I'm, always I'm, have... I'm a loafer. I always know?
0: have, like, side-eyed the teetotalers and the the super serious people, and the people who are just like, dude, I don't know how to tell you this, and if I'm allowed to tell you this anymore, but you just want to have a fucking drink and chill out right now, dude? Like, it's going to yeah, be like- <laughs> okay. Like, take take five here, man, and just... It's going to get done. It needs to get done, but you killing yourself over it is just in it's in it's the thing that's stopping you from doing it right now. It's your need to be doing it.
2: Yeah. And some people genuinely love to work hard all the time. Like we have friends who do like to work that hard yeah, all the time. But and God bless them. I my, my thought is just like do do whatever makes you happy and help like like start thinking about what things that make you unhappy are imposed on you by the way that you were taught. And like yeah. learn to make the decisions that you actually want to make.
1: Because you you can tell a you can tell a hard worker from someone who is overworked, like for sure. Because even hard workers get overworked. Obvious, more probably more likely. But like you can see someone productively doing a lot versus like Jesus Christ, how much do they have to do? Sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I I think he I think Hodgkinson like ends up inadvertently nailing that basically moderation is an easy is, like, a good middle path for anybody in general, like a, a sort of, like, a generic route. You you kind of you tweak it after that once you've started doing it to see, like, hey, oh, no, I'm good to drink a little bit more and be fine, or I need to curb that because it gets bad if I think I can doing it in moderation, or, you know, I'm obsessing about sex, and I need to kind of cool it and not worry if I'm making sure everybody's having a good time. Like, I need to be cool and not fucking have anxiety over this. Or I need to stop. I need to, I do need to get up on some level before this. Like there, there there's definitely ways you can modify it around, but yeah. yeah. Well, he
2: does, he does talk a little bit about how in his early twenties, he was drinking very heavily and doing hardcore drugs and things like that. And nowadays he mostly just drinks beer pretty often and yeah. then gets hammered. He, I think he says three or four times a year. And that's it.
1: By the way, he is in the um, he is in the over thirty male subclass of uh, beer brewer because those <laughs> the the subclasses include <laughs> beer brewer, um, uh, beard wax like beard wax enthusiast <laughs> and. The unfortunate one that we're probably going to be in is, yep. hey, oh. check out my podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: But, you know, haven't hey, hit. I don't tell anybody to check it out. I'm ashamed of it like a good old fashioned American. I am. Um... <laughs> and you know what?
0: We are going to hit that subclass until we strike on Dirty 30. So we are still doing OK. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we still got like 10, 20 years, right? right? So, yeah, Brian, you mentioned uh, exactly. kind of finding that middle path. But like, what do you think of it? What do you what do you think of all this?
1: um i i'm a little bit still cynical about these things of saying yeah of course you can do this guy who has this job that allows him to have that freedom sort of thing uh especially as someone who is on a very rigid schedule of when their job is like there's no i can't like come into the office late and it's fine because there's a problem if i come in like that um but I do – I get the philosophy behind it, and I kind of I, – I appreciate it. I will – I think I'll endeavor to adopt a couple of these things um, because they do sound like you'll feel better if you do that. If you kind of give yourself – if you take yourself off the hook for a couple of things yeah. that you don't need to be on the hook for, that's really right. it. Like,
0: I, I think that I really like that phrasing, like taking – getting yourself off the hook like letting yourself off the hook for a couple of things and understanding that we live in a society that is not, that is designed for us to act like machines. And the struggle is always that that can't work. Like we are human beings, individualistic, loving, sweaty and fluidy. And like, we have to embrace a little (laughs) (laughs) bit and you know, and embrace some of more of that. I, Yeah, I I like that. Letting yourself off the hook. I like that a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I like seeing it as a a life to to strive for. Yeah, it's aspirational. Yes. I I, I didn't have to do it for too long, but I did start out poor, and I had to work pretty hard for a few years (laughs) to get myself to the point where I can live this type of lifestyle, you know? So, like, setting that as a goal, I don't think is a bad thing at all. Like, making the goal not having to work super hard instead of just rising up the ladder as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, right now, I live,
0: I have a, a wide variety of skills uh, and a lot of them I can make money off of. So like I've redone several rooms of my aunt and uncle's house. I've redone a bathroom and a kitchen for them at this point. So like uh, it's floated me along and I've been able to do like light construction work here and there. And I've been able to sing every once in a while. And I've been able to make money here and there doing this and that. And it like, it's always kept me afloat uh, more, more than ever the main job. Not yeah, saying that I'm not looking right, for a main right. job. but My resume is available. Hit me uh, up.
1: <laughs> you know how to call it. My, my LinkedIn this. DMs are open. If you know I mean. um, the one thing I did, uh, just as a sort of passing final thought on it, um, I did love that he took the time to kind of say how the system as it, like how things as they are or like the thinking, the thought process that you have right now is kind of dumb especially with uh, i think it was either with sex or with productivity but he was talking about ants and he was like you know modeling yourself after ants is fucking stupid because they have a million workers who all live under this one lazy queen and a few chosen drones and it doesn't fucking make sense for you to actually live this way and i'm like comparing yourself to insects is very funny and <laughs> stupid like, i've got just... the uh,
0: i've got the passage right here uh, propaganda against oversleeping goes back a very long way over two thousand years to the Bible here is Proverbs chapter six on the subject go to the ant, thou sluggard consider her ways and be wise having no guide overseer or ruler provideth her meat in the summer and gather her food in the harvest how long wilt thou sleep O sluggard when wilt thou uh, rise out of thy sleep yet a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to sleep so shall thy poverty come as one traveleth and thou wa- uh, and thy want as an armed man and then he continues in the first place i'd seriously question the sanity of a religion that holds up the ant as an example of how to live yeah like (laughs) it's
1: very does sound like capitalist propaganda it was it was very consider the lobster to me and he was like that's fucking stupid like you're an idiot
2: (laughs) he uh no he's 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 very anti-aristocracy but he is like yes. he's just born well off, so it it, it hurts his point. He, you know? it's,
1: he, he's he's someone who doesn't want it to be that way, but because of the system as is, that's the class that really can only do this. So I'm, it's like a. Tough, I'm saying
2: this yeah. this book would be an absolute masterpiece if he was and had always been a homeless person. You know, that's, if he had if he if well, he had the guide for how to do it from down there, he would
0: at that point he'd literally just be Diogenes. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, we, we already I, have that I, philosopher. I, I, a uh, philosopher. Uh, he's the one Behold, who Alexander Mac- the Great apparently was standing in front of the barrel that he lived in, and Diogenes yeah. looked up at him and rec- apparently recognized who he was and says, "Excuse me, you mind getting out of my light there?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh! And Alexander the Great and Diogenes became Alexander the Great's very favorite philosopher.
2: <laughs> and uh, sorry, Taylor knew that I did not know what he was talking about because I was squinting my eyes and scratching my head. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There is, uh, there is a we little bit of class consciousness that I think he does bring through in this book by what he specifically doesn't like is how people who are rich are the people who tell other people to work hard and work harder all the time Very true. as that's a moral. Whereas everyone who is already rich is incredibly unmoralistic themselves if they have the hmm. means to be so.
2: Right. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's very, for example, to something similar it's very easy to be a minimalist when you have the money to buy anything you need yeah that is
0: that is the yeah absolutely the hypocrisy of the minimalist movement that we're in right now and things like dwell magazine the architectural magazine it's just like yeah no one here is poor you're showing me these beautiful gorgeous houses with four pieces of furniture all of which cost two thousand dollars and one swedish fireplace like yeah of course it looks great you paid for it (laughs) like i don't care if that's less (laughs) it's still expensive yeah Sometimes less is more. Yeah, sometimes less so. is more. <laughs> On the topic of Tom Hodgkinson's How to Be Idle, A Loafer's Manifesto, the book I've been keeping secret from everybody for years, are we friends?
1: I'm going to say yes. I think there's enough there that everyone likes the philosophy.
2: Yeah, I mean, this this validated a lot of, of my existence, so I, I'm going to go with a yes. <laughs> I have been
0: continually trying to combat the very strict upbringing that I had, and this was one of the first books that I read that validated me, and I've been tempered with it for a long time, so yes. Yes. Oh, oh, now, hold on, hold on a second. (laughs) What, what's that? I hear it coming. (gasps) It is! It's the kids' corner!
1: Okay, we have a, I, I just have one kids corner today. Um and it's 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 a kids corner and a fuck you at the same time.
2: Is it wait, uh, hold will, on. You said you have one kids corner, but is it it is one kids, kid in the corner. Plural plural it's, kids corner, right? And not a corner ki- that belongs to a kid.
1: It's it's always weird because Taylor treats it as a moving object that can come towards you, uh, but the kids' corner is a place. It's a single place in an air, like it's a corner. Hey man, yeah, all I'm saying, I always felt it's like, of, town, you know? how, it's like a
2: place that drifts into town. You know,
1: what do you mean? it's like, like a place that drifts into town. Because it's like here comes the kids' corner. Hey, I'm
0: just saying, life moves pretty fast sometimes. If you don't slow down, I, down to enjoy,
2: <laughs> shut up right now, Ferris Bueller. That's one of the best uh, quotes of all time.
1: Oh, yeah. It is a really good quote. Um, I, I want a, a special Kids Corner shout-out to my good friend Ryan, who has finally picked up a bunch of the episodes um, and wanted to <laughs> – who I got a real-time uh, – I got a real-time epiphany for him uh, because he was listening to the old toys episode, and he complimented us on, like, having a – he was like, oh, I really like your the vibe of this pot, like, this one, like, especially, you like, old toys. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And he literally goes – my only wish is that someone was there to talk about the Beyblade's lore, how uh. the anime claims that Moses <laughs> used a Beyblade to part the Red Sea. One minute later, oh shit, you guys are talking about the show. I was too soon. <laughs> this is officially the best episode. So thank oh you, Ryan. Uh, but fuck you because you got pedantic about me talking about Todd McFarlane and Venom, even though I'm technically right because he because he drew Venom as Venom. He was the first person to draw Venom as yeah, the but, one that we know now.
2: But you were wrong.
1: In the sense that he did not come up with in the, the not, concept. No, absolutely no, no not correct. in the sense. Yes. You
2: were objectively wrong.
1: Except for the part you said where he the character that we're talking venom. about versus the symbiote suit are different okay, things. I will and give he you. not create
0: Venom. I will give you one shade of gray to the left of absolutely wrong. But that's <laughs> fine.
1: There's 50 shades of them, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so you're
2: wrong, and we anyway, won't call you a fucking idiot. Thank that's, you. That's fuck that's what you. you bye.
1: Okay, yes. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Yes, it was really
0: it was uh, it was awesome to see you uh, just before yes. all of this. All, oh, literally all the, right before yeah the last possible weekend where it was still okay to hang out with people. Uh, yes, it was the, really
2: great to see you. Thank you, Ryan. But never forget, we're not pretending out here. We're true blue blooded boys, dude. We're it's it's real, man. We're not pretending <laughs> out here. Yeah, man, we're boys.
1: <laughs> yes, and for I mean, anyone else, I don't mean
2: males. I mean like boys, like bo- like we know Beyblade lore. Like, it's... <laughs> oh yeah.
0: No, I love yeah, it. Uh, my so girlfriend, funny. my girlfriend, every once in a while, will I'll be doing something, or she'll see one, all three of us, or a combination of us three talking, and she'll just from the side go, "Boys, boys, boys, boys!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly got dudeish so fast. I...
1: By the way, I loved the 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 grammar. I guess of that sentence because it sounded like you were you just had a girlfriend some of the time, like <laughs> from time to time. She's my girlfriend, but I know you meant my girlfriend from time to time. Will see us do whatever. But it was like it. it was like my girlfriend from time to time will see us do. And I'm like, wait a minute, like <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that that is that is two different clauses. Not <laughs> my girlfriend yeah, from time exactly. to time. My girlfriend from time to time will. <laughs> there's a comma. There's a comma. All right get us Uh, out of here absolutely guys (laughs) if you guys want to be lazy and have a great time with us you can always check out more of our content on our twitter and instagram both of which are at underscore are we friends all one word or you can check out our shenanigans over on our website at (laughs) r-we-friends.com. I have been your gently
2: reclined boozed co-host taylor
1: I have been your knife-tricking co-co-host, Brian.
2: And I'm still just Jorge. So sorry. It sounds like you're pulling tricks for knives. Never mind.
1: Continue. <sighs> <laughs> and we will,
2: we will
0: talk to you whenever we wake up next week. <sighs>